the Art of Leadership Network. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Jenny Katrin, and this is the Lead Culture Podcast, where I coach you to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. My team and I at the Foresight Group are committed to building confident leaders, extraordinary teams, and thriving cultures. Each week, we'll take a deep dive into a leadership or culture topic that will give you the tools you need to lead with clarity and confidence and build a thriving team. Well, guys, we are just days away from Culture Conference, and we are so excited here behind the scenes. We are doing all the things to be ready for you to join us for Culture Conference on August 10th. Now, I hope those of you who are regular listeners, you're like, Jen, we've already registered. We got that taken care of. But if you're new or if you've just been slacking a little bit and you haven't quite gone to get registered, go to cultureconference.org and make sure you are registered. Culture Conference is a free digital conference designed to help you build thriving teams, cultivate inspiring workplaces, and achieve your mission. Now, this year, as every year, we have an amazing speaker lineup. We're going to hear from Pat Gelsinger, the CEO of Intel, Valerie Burton, a life strategist and best-selling author, Josh Howerton, the senior pastor of Lake Point Church, New York Times bestselling author John Acuff, my great friend Annie Downs, and so many more. So cultureconference.org, that's where you need to go. Get registered because it's free to you because of amazing sponsors like our friends at Clever. And so today you're going to hear from Tally Coughlin, who is the executive director of accounts and services for Clever. Now, before I tell you about Tally, I want to tell you about Clever. Clever is designed for busy leaders. They are a game-changing agency for all your marketing, creative, and communication needs. Their fractional workforce offers expertise as well as on-demand and ongoing project support for all of your graphic design, marketing, website, and production needs. Now, we have worked with Clever for, I think, going on three years, and they help us with all of our website stuff. They help us with all of our production stuff, including producing Culture Conference. And so they really do feel like an extension of our team. And with flexible 30-day contracts and exceptional results, Clever delivers success without the high cost of full-time hires. And so, guys, I want to encourage you to go check out Clever. Embrace more margin and less chaos by reaching out to Clever at weareclever.com, or you can call or text the number 404-585-1953. So go to weareclever.com or call or text 404-585-1953. All right, well, you are going to hear from Tally, who is the executive director at Clever today. And we have just a phenomenal conversation about this idea of margin, about the importance of margin and how to create margin. Now, in addition to her role overseeing a team of 70 at Clever, Tally is a pastor's wife, 
She is a mom of five kids. She's a church planter, a Bible teacher. Like she lives a very busy and full life. She also is gonna be one of our speakers for Culture Conference. So today you get just a little sneak peek at this topic of margin that she's gonna be talking about. And so I love this conversation with Tally. She digs into some of the indicators that we're lacking margin. Like what does it look like when we're lacking margin? You probably could rattle things off, right? Because all of us need more margin in our lives. But she gives us a little more of a hint of what are some of those indicators that let us know we're lacking margin. She talks about moving from reactive to intentional. A lot of times we've talked on the podcast about from moving from reactive to proactive. I love how she says, move from reactive to intentional. We talk about seeing our limits as a gift. That one will step on some toes a bit. And then this was really fascinating. Um, She talks about what humility has to do with the concept of margin. So guys, here is my conversation with Tally Coughlin. Well, Tally, so fun to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, and I have to kick off this episode by saying thank you and Clever for sponsoring Culture Conference. So this episode is going to air right before uh, Culture Conference starts. So the timing is perfect. And we're really grateful that you guys not only sponsor the event, but also produce the event. So uh, thanks for that. We're excited about it. Oh, you're so welcome. We really believe in what Culture Conference does and are excited to just be a sponsor and a partner in this exciting conference coming up really soon. I know. It's pretty exciting. Well, and you guys have been a part of it from the beginning with us. And so um, it's fun to have you as a sponsor again and get to dive into this world together. But I want to dig into your world a little bit, your life as a leader, learn a little bit more about who you are. And one of the topics that you're going to be speaking on this in Culture Conference, and um, and I thought, you know what, we need to talk about this on the podcast, because I think this idea of creating margin and the importance of margin is a conversation I have with leaders all the time, right? They're, they're just wrestling with the, there's not enough hours in the day, how do I juggle life and all the things. But Take us back a little bit and give us a little bit of your story and how margin became such a passion point for you. Because like the little bit we've discussed, it's like, there's some history behind why this became a passion point for you. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll start by saying um, I'm a mom of five. And so automatically enough. <laughs> don't have much margin. So that just comes par for the course. Um, but I've been married to a pastor for 20 years and we've been in ministry for 20 years and have just experienced season after season where there's more work than there is time to accomplish it all. Um, And in the middle of all of the work, uh, we planted a church, which means you're wearing multiple hats and you're filling multiple roles. Um, We've had a child who has had leukemia two times. And so not only are you planting a church, doing ministry life, trying to take care of your kids, but then you're also living in a hospital and walking through and navigating suffering And that just changes everything. So Mm. thankfully, he's doing great. He has been off treatment for three years now um, and completely in remission. But in the middle of all of that, you find yourself surviving and not thriving. And 
you realize later on when you're in these seasons of intensity, it could be sickness, it could be work, it could be emotional, mental. There's so many things that cause seasons of intensity. Uh, You get to the other side of it and you realize we're still treading water. We're Mm. still functioning as a survivor and not as someone who is able to thrive. And my husband and I looked at each other. We were like, okay, something has to change. Um, So we did some personal inventory of just our time. Um, We realized that a lot of our time was not being used well. Um, We were doing a lot of things, but not always the most impactful things or the most important things. Um, And we were so reactive all the time. Just felt like we were moving from crisis to crisis or problem to problem and then collapsing into bed at the end of the day (laughs) and hoping that the next day we could pull ourselves up from a pillow and, you know, face the day. So again, yeah, Yeah. do it all again. Um, So, yeah. So through many iterations of difficulty, many iterations of just uh, coming very close to burnout and many iterations of like, wow, things are going really well. We had to discern what works for us. So in the middle of all that, then you add a career and leadership roles and leading others, um, not just my five humans that I'm responsible for their uh, life and livelihood, but the humans that I'm responsible for at my job Mm -hmm. and realize, you know what, there's got to be a better way. We can do do better here. So that was kind of the beginnings of a big shift for me. Can you give us a couple of examples of the kind of things I think like as leaders hear that they're like, oh yes, I can resonate with that. And granted, you know, you've had just a full plate, it sounds like for most of your adult life. Yeah. Um, And then of course, with your, with your son's health, I mean, that's a whole nother level of disruption that is like, you know, it's a whole nother, whole nother thing, but I bet- yeah, not normal. But then we don't want that to be the normal for anyone. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of leaders who could respond, re, you know, are can resonate with that idea of I feel like I'm reacting all the time. Like, yeah. you know, just like because I do, I think you get in some of those seasons where you're just having to function so, you know, uh, yeah. r- rapidly to things that then that becomes your normal. Yeah. So Can you give us a couple of examples of the kind of things where you realized, oh, we're not, we need to change this. This is, we're not spending our time wisely here. What were some of those, maybe a couple practical things that you guys said? Yeah. 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 Um, Well, I mean, this, it could be so simple as going from meeting to meeting, to meeting, to phone call, to email, to, I mean, you're just literally moving from thing to thing to thing. And there's no pause for reflection. There's no pause for application. There's just no pause. Um, another huge indicator for me was that the things that I knew that would give me health physically and mentally and emotionally, I always ended up saying no to or just didn't have enough time for. So for example, I have on my calendar every day, I block off an hour of time to take a walk. Mm-hmm. And Every day I have to make a choice. Am I going to take that walk? And I'm telling you, Jenny, a lot of days I don't. And I let the reactivity of busyness and the demands of work, basically I forego the interests and the the requirements for a healthy me. I just put them aside because I'm so busy. Um, And another big indicator I noticed was that I just wasn't emotionally available to the people that I love the most. Like 
for example, my husband would come home from work. I would come home from work and there was nothing left to give the other person. Yeah. There's just nothing. Yeah. Uh, I missed important dates. I can't, I can't tell you the amount of birthday invitations that I missed in my personal email because I was so zeroed in on my work email and my work life that I just dropped so many balls. And the things that like, these are the memory makers right here. Like I do yeah. value my career. It's very important to me. But like these other things that I was sacrificing, the quality time, the emotional space and bandwidth, being present, they just got pushed aside. And I and I convinced myself that I could muscle through it and sure. push through it. Um, I had this realization. I had this realization that, you know, none of us like limits. Limits are right. is a is a count is a culturally limits are things to be broken, not things to embrace. Yeah. Limits are things that are um not a good thing. But you know, I've learned through just studying scripture and living enough life that limits are actually a gift. They're like the the guardrails on the highway. Mm-hmm. Without guardrails on the highway, we're gonna veer off that highway eventually and take a turn too hard and yeah. do something disastrous. But those guardrails, those limits tell us that there is an end and a beginning to where safety on the road exists. And we can embrace them or we can keep trying to crash into them and <laughs> damage ourselves in the process. Or we can say, no, these limits are actually really good things. And not just the guardrails, but the lines on the road keep me from crashing into the guardrails. So there's yeah. a, another limit and another boundary that's actually really good. So, I mean, that's what margin essentially is. It's the space between our load and our limit. It's that it's that buffering space that allows us to safely traverse this life. Um, and we we need to take stock of what those lines are. Because if we just press through them, you know, try in an attempt to break through our limits, off, often those limits break us before we break through them. And that's dangerous. Yeah. 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 That's super helpful. Um, I love that, that margin is really the space between our load and our limits. And um, just the visual of that is so incredibly helpful because like uh, my mind was going to the like seeing myself in a car just repeatedly bumping into the like, you know, like if if you saw me do that driving down the road, you would think the girl is like something is wrong. Something is like (laughs) seriously wrong with her. But you think about how often we do that, you know, just in our lives. And I, I, I'm curious for you, but I know for me that um, I always feel like I should be able to do just a bit more, or yeah. I should be able to respond to that thing or, you know, and the the listeners of the podcast know me well enough to know that, you know, I'm a Enneagram three achiever, like, you know, so it's like, I never think that I have limits on my capacity right. until I come crashing into it. Right, so. Right. I would love to hear how, how did you redefine limits when you, you know, as you're recognizing, okay, we've got to, we've got to readjust some things to be able to thrive more yeah. in life and leadership. How did you define those limits? What, what was the starting point for you guys? Yeah. I mean, I think I completely resonate with what you just said. There's, oh, I can always do more. I'm a very high capacity person and I, I'll sure. push myself very hard. Um, and I, re- I think the realization was that that is not a long play. That's a short play. Yeah. Yep. And so if I want to last for years in this race, then I need to have a much longer view than I currently have. 
And so it became a math equation in a lot of ways. For every yes that I say, it's a no to something else. Mm -hmm. And I needed to decide what's the best yes and what's the right no. Um, And honestly, for me, it started with humility. I had to realize that I can't do everything and nor should I try. Um, And that's hard. That's hard for a driven person. And I think it's hard for a leader because innately you're born to achieve. You're born to climb. You're born to move the ball down the field. That's exciting. That's the thrill. I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think we need to have a longer view in considering not just ourselves with that, but the people that we're leaving a legacy for. Um, And and take stock of the reality that are we leading, leaving collateral damage in our wake or are we leading, leaving a thriving culture in our wake? Um, And so for me, one of the first things, one of the first steps, well, I'm going to stop talking. We'll erase that. And (laughs) you keep asking questions. That's good. That's good. No, I love that so much that, um, that I, that you said it started with humility, such a big statement right there, right. Of like recognizing that we are not superheroes. Like we are not superhuman that I can't do everything. And like, I love what you said there too, about like having that longer view is so powerful. So you have a little acronym to help leaders find margin. Would you tell us about that? Love to. So after reading a lot of books and a lot of thinking, I am a very visual person. So I love rhyming phrases. I love acronyms. Um, they just help me keep my vision clear of where I'm headed. So this acronym is DEEP. Um, and the letters stand for do what only you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then equip your leaders empower your leaders and position yourself out of their way. Um, Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, (laughs) None of this is easy, uh, but I found it to be really impactful and successful in creating a culture of margin for myself and for my teams. Hmm. So, okay. Talk about each of those a bit more for us. So it's D, do what only you can do, equip your people, empower Uh your leaders, and position yourself out of the way. Yep. So give us a little more insight on those coaches yeah. through them. If you were if you were coaching all the leaders listening, which you are, um, how would you give us a little insight in each of those? Yeah. So like we said before, doing what only you can do starts with that position of humility. You could do everything, um, especially if you are the captain of the ship, because you probably are familiar enough with everything that you could do it. Uh, but Again, it starts with that humility position. You really shouldn't be doing everything. And probably you're not the best at doing everything. So the first step for do for me is taking stock of everything that my day and my week requires of me. And so how I do that is I start by writing everything I want to do, everything I have to do, and everything I get to do. Kind of Mm -hmm. compile a list um, and just reflect on all those things. I think the shift here is you have to go from being reactive to intentional. And unless you are aware of all the things that are laying before you, you cannot be intentional. You will only ever be reactive. And so become starting with becoming aware of what you need to do, you look at that list and you separate it out into two things. The things that literally you are the only person in your organization can do. You are the only person who can do that thing. You set that list aside. Everything else can go to someone else. Your massive list should have shrunk considerably, hopefully. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so then with your list of things only you can do, 
or the things that you want to do, you know, you prioritize that by impact, by importance, by priority. You look at the time, which is the limitations that every single human on this earth has only 24 hours in a day, 52 weeks in a year. We all have this good limit. Um, How does that work? So if you wake up at this time, can you actually do all these things in this day? It's a sobering exercise, but it's an important one to know the difference between what you can do and what you actually don't need to do. Um, And so you begin to consider who can I give these things to? Um, There are a lot of tasks that only you can do, like paying some of your bills because of passwords and things like that. But those are simply fixed by automation. Um, And so finding someone who can help point you in the right direction for tools and to automate your calendar. So you're not emailing back and forth with people to schedule something. I mean, that saves so much time. There's such small little tricks we can do there. Uh, But really recognizing like this is the narrow lane of things that require my touch. That's good. And that's that's how that starts. Yeah, Um, I love that. Yeah. The next one is equipping your team. And truly, I think most leaders know that all of our teams always need ongoing opportunities to uh, grow in their skill sets, grow in their understanding. And so this is an investment that we as leaders get to make. Now, if we're handing off, if we're delegating from our list of things, that often requires an investment of our time into our people so that they can do well. Uh, And we need to be careful that we're not hoarding knowledge for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we really do want to uh, equip them with that knowledge in mind that equipping others saves you time to do what only you can do. Um, Yeah. And then the next step is empowering. And this is one that I think can be the hardest for some leaders because it's rooted in trust. Um, That's big. Yeah. You have to trust your people and they have to know that you trust them. Um, If we say we trust our leaders and we withhold trust and micromanage them, we are setting our team up for failure out the gate. They will never take ownership. True, truly empowering your leaders means that they own it because with ownership come, comes responsibility and from responsibility comes accountability. And that is how the ball gets not just moved like meter by meter, but the mall, the ball gets moved down the field yard by yard in bigger gaps. Um, and so it's so important to one, choose the right people. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if we don't choose the right people sometimes. <laughs> we we learn, like this is all a learning exercise, in my opinion, you know. I don't think we always make the right choices out the gate, but um, the reality is empowered leaders are engaged with their work. They contribute yeah. their best. They want to share their ideas. Um, when we are micro micromanaging and when we are withholding trust, they're not going to share their ideas they're not going to feel right. like they can take risk themselves. Um, and so something that I've done at Clever that's been such a joy to do as I've learned who my people are, which is part of choosing the right people, um, is by seeing them, understanding them, listening to them. Um, I've just communicated to them over and over. I trust you for this. Mm-hmm. I know you can do this. And I know you'll come to me when you feel like you can't. That's and good. That has just proven to foster such a healthy working relationship between us. Um, and I don't feel this weight to come in and, and really be in the weeds of something I don't need to be in the weeds on. 
Right. So it's very freeing for me as the leader. And yeah, it's very empowering for them as the um, direct reports and other leaders in the company to just know that they have space to thrive, yeah. which leads me to the last point, which is to position yourself out of the way. And this one, you know, once you've learned to trust your leaders, shouldn't be super hard, but goodness, it sure can be. Uh-huh. Uh, get out of the way. <laughs> it's hard. You you don't want to uh, miss the exciting wins. You know, you want to be part sure. of it. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's an owner's mindset. Like, this is your baby. Of course, yeah. you want to be in there with the wins. You also don't want the the failures to go on failing too long. Like you want to swoop in there and fix that, turn the ship. And so getting out of the way means sometimes you're out of the way of the wins and you're out of the ways of the losses while they get worked out with your team mm-hmm. you know, and trusting that they'll bring you in when they need you. When they need you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's big. It's it, As you said that, I was thinking about uh, a team that I was working with and one of the criticisms that the team had of their leader, you know, is we're just kind of troubleshooting the dynamics and the culture and, you know, what where they needed support. And it was that they felt like their leader always reinserted in the wins and kind of like, they felt like that leader stole the wins from them. Yeah. And again, I know that wasn't the leader's intention. Yeah. And I think even the team knew that that wasn't that leader's intention. Yeah. But I think, you know, th- that they didn't position themselves out of the way. I think in a heart of celebrating with the team, they actually kind of took the win away in some way. Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that kind of what you're speaking to? For sure. I mean, we want to acknowledge their efforts and their ownership. And if yeah. we're taking ownership of what they have done, then we're yes. robbing them of this. Like, I mean, we all know how important it is when we have worked super hard on something and to see it cross the finish line, not just cross the finish line but like cross the finish line with a bang banner success. Like if someone else comes in and uh, usurps some of the goodness of that, that's that's hard. And it's a pride thing. It's like celebrate what someone has done because you see them because you want to create value of them. Um, Nothing devalues someone other than taking credit for something that they've done that you had no knowledge you know, expertise or input in. We don't need, as leaders, we really don't need to have our fingerprints on every single thing. That's right. Yeah. Ultimately, fact, it starts ahead. to get a lot, it starts to get fun when you realize you didn't. And there was still this yeah. like major win in the organization. Yeah. And you're like, and I can't take any credit. Like, right. like it's kind of a weird moment as a leader when you see that happen. And you're like, that was amazing. Yeah. I, I didn't really do anything. Other yeah. than set my team up, you know, yeah. and if you can find the joy in that and celebrate that, it, yeah. I mean, it's such a culture builder, you know, sure. that people really feel. I love where you talked about earlier, like that ownership leads to responsibility, which leads to accountability. Like that's such a powerful equation yeah. that we don't realize that a big part of that is by us, you know empowering and getting out of the way. (laughs) I mean, we get out of the way. Truly. I think the older I get, the more I want to celebrate the crowns on other people's heads that, and like, oh, you're, you're doing so great here. Like celebrate you. Wonderful. You're, I'm so thankful for you versus coveting it for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with maturity, with leading for 20 years comes this perspective of this desire for shared celebration. Yeah. Uh, 
And that's such a, like, who wants to celebrate alone? That's such a lonely space. It's so much more fun and enjoyable. And then also when you get out of the way, you realize that your reach, the ripples of it are much wider and further than if you're like lasering in on person by person by person. You can have such a bigger impact. The ripple just goes so much further when you're not there to disrupt it constantly, you know? Yeah, that's super good. Me too, yeah. Really good, Tally. Okay, so lots of leaders listening here are going, yes, <laughs> I recognize I need to be more intentional about this. I need to be thoughtful about margin. Um, wh- how would you encourage them to start? Like based upon what you've shared today, they're recognizing, you know what, I'm in that reaction mode all the time, or I really need to be more intentional about creating the space, creating the margin, empowering my team, et cetera. How would you how would you encourage them to get started? Well, you know, in a lot of ways, it starts with that acknowledging I'm spinning plates, I'm treading water, and I'm doing too much. So mm-hmm. that acknowledgement, that self-awareness is key, number one. You have to start there. Um, and then I think oftentimes instead of trying to muscle through yet one more thing, because yeah. here's what you, here's what can come from listening to a talk like this. Now I have one more thing I need to do. I have one more step-by-step program yes. to run through and, you know, going to have success. I think the two things are self-awareness that I need help to deciding if this is the thing that you need, the the most important thing, because Mm -hmm. for some people, it could just be, you need more rest. Like you don't need another step-by-step thing. You just need to learn how to rest. Yeah. So that, and then for other people, you might just need help. Like Mm -hmm. you just might not be able to do this by yourself and that's okay. Um, I think the best leaders are the ones that surround themselves with experts. They surround themselves with people who are better than them at a myriad of things. Um, and so knowing when to ask for help, knowing who to ask for help, That's good. Um, that would be the next thing. And I think the last thing, and I was thinking about this recently, I'm trying to reintegrate healthy habits into my life. I've, again, like I said at the beginning, even in my own life, being aware of margin, being deeply convinced of its importance. I don't take the run that I say that I'm going to take every day. And so in order to reintegrate healthy habits into my own life, it requires discipline. Yeah. Anything in our life that's going to have lasting impact requires self-discipline. And as leaders, we are, we are familiar with that. We know that. (laughs) Um, Sometimes we just need someone to be, come alongside us and be like, you just need a little bit more discipline. You're doing too much. Just be more disciplined in a few things. Right. Um, So those would be the three things that come to mind. Yeah, that's. That's super helpful, Telly. I love that so much. I want to give you a minute because one of the things that I think is part of the power of Clever, the company that you work for, is that in many ways, you kind of help organizations create some margin by the way that you serve and partner with other other organizations. So I'd love for you to take a minute, just tell our listeners about Clever and what you guys do and how you serve other leaders. Absolutely. I would love to. I love working for Clever. And this is one of the reasons why we pride ourselves on being margin makers. We love nothing more than when someone comes to us and says, I need help. And we're like, come on, let's come alongside you. Um, We come alongside all kinds of leaders in all kinds of industries to really just create space for them to do what only they can do. So let's say we have a church leader, a pastor coming to us and they have a website that they need to be rebuilt, or they don't have time to do their Sunday graphics, or they want to do an end of year giving campaign. And this is a mountain to them. They know the church needs these things. They know they want to accomplish these things. They just don't have the staff. 
They have a staff that's spinning plates. They have a staff that's wearing 20 different hats. Mm-hmm. So we can come in and we can say, you know what, pastor, we can take that off your plate. We can't hug your members. We can't preach your sermons. We can't be at those members meetings, but we sure can take your sermon series off of your plate. We sure can design your end of year giving campaign in a way that just is surprising and delighting and beautiful and creative because lack of margin means you have no room for creativity. So we're able to come alongside people who are basically burnt out and produce creative solutions for them. Um, You know, we can, we, we listen to the problems that are stated and we help you whittle down the problems that actually need to be solved. Oftentimes we come in and we're like, I think I need this. I think I need that. This is the problem that needs to be solved. Our team at Clever is really great at hearing all of your concerns and coming back to you with a 90-day plan of success of, you know what, I heard what you said, and here's how we're going to journey there with you together. And so then you just show up to a weekly meeting and we get to show you all the things that we've done to lighten your load. Um, So I think that Clever has this really unique role of getting to come alongside and just carry the load. You know, it's like doing a three-legged race. We get to come alongside of you for as long as you want us, we're going to be there and we're going to help you cross the finish line, arm in arm, side by side. That's so good. That's so good. We partnered with you guys for, I think it's going on three years now. And a lot of the things that, first of all, I just don't even know how to do, but secondly, don't need to be doing, you know, uh, especially on the uh, creative side with our website and all of our production needs and things like that. The stuff that is like not core to the work that I do, but is essential for us being able to share what we do. um, I feel like is where you guys have been such a great partner with us. So thank you for that. Um, How do we learn more about Clever? Where do we go for that? Oh, great. Well, you can certainly go to weareclever.com. That is our website. You can find us on um, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. We're all over the place. We are on the socials. Perfect. 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 And we'll uh, link to that in the show notes. Weareclever.com, which is fabulous. The, the <laughs> so well, we try to be, we try to be, <laughs> we are clever. I love it. Tally, this was so helpful. Thank you for just sharing your insight and wisdom. Thank you for your journey as a leader that, you know, forced you to re- reckon with some of these dynamics yeah. and not, you know, that in many cases often lead leaders to burnout. And what I heard you saying is like, you got really intentional to say, even with all of the craziness of life, even with all the responsibilities we had going on, we, you and your husband in particular, were intentional to say, we've got to figure out how to operate in a healthier way and be smart about margin. So thanks for sharing that with us today. Thanks for leading well. And uh, we're grateful for your influence in our world today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, gang. I hope that got you thinking. I think that DEEP acronym is so incredibly powerful. Do what only you can do. Equip your team, empower your leaders, and position yourself out of the way. So that's going to get you thinking. And I hope you'll take some action on that. You know, every one of us needs more margin. And this is one of those things that at every season of leadership is requiring a little something different from you. And so you're constantly having to create more margin so that you can do those things that only you can do. And what only you can do is constantly shifting. And so I think this is just a really good, healthy inventory to say, where do I need to create more margin so that I can lead myself well, so I can lead others better. 
So let me know what you thought of this week's episode. Uh, send us an email at podcast at getforesight.com. Just reach out to us on all the social channels at Get Foresight, or you can find me at Jenny Katrin. And then let us know what we can do to serve you better. Give us feedback on the episode. Give us that review. Uh, slap some stars on it. And then I would love it if you would share this episode with another leader. Maybe somebody that you know is struggling with time or with margin and uh, just share it with them and encourage them to listen in. And then if we can be a resource in any other way, I want to encourage you to go to getforesight.com. That's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T.com. And uh, check out the different things that we're doing there. We're actually doing a few little upgrades to the website. So uh, we're trying to get clearer about what we do and how we do it so we can serve you better in all things leadership and culture. And uh, if you haven't done it yet, go to cultureconference.org, make sure you're registered, and I will see you next week.